Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to this week's Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kiri Kermode. I popped along to Balown Farm to the annual stock judging. I find out more about the Ingliger Award that was presented at the Eel Very in Kirk Michael a couple of weeks ago. And also I talked to Lara Howe from the Manx Wildlife Trust about a rare finding that has been spotted under the waters of Langness. Well, Kerry, first of all, a few uh, lambs doing a bit of croaking and bearing in the in the mornings. <laughs> They're about now, Simon, and I think some of the pedigree breeders they'll be underway with some of the the showstoppers or potential showstoppers for the for the years year ahead, uh, with the Suffolks and the Texels getting underway and some small flocks of Beltex as well. Yeah, and uh, some reasonable break in the weather. Rain's finally stopped, so hopefully they <laughs> have a bit of a chance for some of the ground to dry up, won't it? Oh, be certainly welcomed, and and like you say, a bit of frost and a bit of cold. But the drying is so important at this time. Um, yeah, especially when them lambs are being born outside to get them up on their feet in a way and uh, this sunshine is very welcome as well it is well there was a rare find that happened around the south of the island uh, last week well lara howe is the marine officer for the manx wildlife trust and a groove top shell snail that's difficult to say <laughs> uh, was spotted in the waters just off the coast of langness and as a marine biologist i suppose it's such a bonus to find something special in the manx waters yeah absolutely it's really nice to um to have been involved with with the discovery of the this this new snail well an old snail that we haven't seen for a long time now the snail is, is it is it a fossil of the snail or or the the real thing it's the real deal yeah. yep um the the photo show that tony glenn took who's the coordinator for sea search um in the photographs you can see them and we've been back since and actually um collected some specimens to confirm id and there was just just the one of them or would they be found in pairs would you think um, not necessarily in pairs, but we found, you know, a few once you get your eye in. Th- there's a few there, so there's a, a small population, yeah. Uh, excuse my ignorance on mollusks, if that's what they are. I mean, do they, do they breed themselves or do they need partners? It depends on the species, so, um, yeah, it, it can vary. Sometimes they need a, a partner and sometimes um, they can do it themselves. Fair enough. Um what did this this significantly goes back though the last time uh, it was sighted was what 180 odd years ago was it yeah something like that by um edward forbes the the manx naturalist i suppose the gap between that is just something that you'd never expect to see you just think these are gone they'll never return to the isle of man i mean we see the baskin sharks and and the dolphins around the waters of the isle of man which head off to to far away the birds migrate and they come back but not to have seen one or one to be spotted for, for that length of time is pretty incredible. It is incredible. I suspect it's helped by the fact that they're obviously very small, they're only a few millimetres um, tall. And the fact that in terms of going and diving, seagrass doesn't always look the most in- enticing thing to look at. So there's only a few people who would really go and sort of study the seagrass like the Sea Search group. So how did it, how did it get found? By accident, <laughs> through a photograph, Tony um, had been down and taken some photos and had shared them with Peter Duncan at, at DEFA. Um, and it was through that that Peter found the picture of the snail. And then we went back and did some diving to confirm that they were there. 
So whereabout was this? Was this on a just sort of an area of land that you were surveying randomly, or for something else? No. So we were diving on the seagrass that's um, down at Langness. Um, we we like to go and do a few surveys a year just to see how it's doing and what what's happening there. Um, and it was through that that the the photos were taken um, along with video and things like that, and that's how they were identified. So people be panicking be looking around Langness on the grass for these snails but they're not on land <laughs> no definitely not they're marine um, you'll definitely need some scuba kit to go and see them compared to like a common snail that we see in gardens and things well what's the sort of main difference between them obviously much much smaller they're only a few millimeters in um, height in total height and they're quite long and sort of tall shaped rather than that more sort of squashed snail shell that you sort of see with your garden snail. What about interest from other marine areas are they quite excited by the find that this happened around the Isle of Man's waters? I think so um, obviously it's picked up in the press quite well which is really nice to see um, obviously, this is probably the most northerly extent for the, the snail species. Generally, it's a Mediterranean species, and it's only been, I think, seen as far north as like Anglesey and Dublin and places like that. So we, we're now sort of the most northerly extent for the snail, so that's great. You wouldn't think the Isle of Man Mediterranean climate would have attracted them, though? <laughs> no, not really. It's a little <laughs> bit cooler than the bed. But there's um, some changes in the marine uh, department of the Isle of Man as well that has happened lately? Um, well, not just the marine, but just in general with the Wildlife Trust, we've got a new new CEO. So um, Lee Morris has been with us for a week now, so it's it's great. Yeah, and uh, Tim, I think, was in charge of it before. Has he gone off to different pastures? Yes, he has, still with the Wildlife Trust, which is nice to see. Um, and he's gone to be the CEO of... Leicestershire and Rutland Wildlife Trust now. Wow. So um, so does this mean that this area where, where the, 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 the rare snail has been found, I mean, will that be a site where you'll do more diving and hope maybe to find some other creatures if, if something unusual has been found already? Well, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on it. I mean, we do anyway. It's part of the one of the marine nature reserves that are around the island. So it's an important area anyway, long before the snail was found because of the seagrass that's already there that it inhabits on. Um, so we were already surveying anyway. I think more surveys will come to, to look after the snail and keep an eye on maybe the numbers. Maybe there'll be some form of monitoring. It's early days yet. Um, but also one of the key things is to keep an eye on it because of the development that's likely to happen um, at the old Golf Links Hotel there um, and we want to make sure that one the seagrass isn't impacted by the development but also anything else that calls the seagrass home like this snail. Right well what what is the, the important about the seagrass is it just that it um, creatures can hide in it and uh, and feed off it is that the, the main importance of it? Yeah so it's um, it's a protected species anyway, so um, and obviously it gets great protection through our marine nature reserves anyway. Um, it's great for carbon capture, um, so it's one of the great ways that the marine environment helps to mitigate against climate change. Um, an equivalent area of seagrass compared to, say, a tropical rainforest captures more carbon 
than, than a forest does. Really? Yeah, the evidence oh. would suggest that. So, I mean, it's really important, especially in light of the new climate um, crisis that the government have, have announced, you know, last year. So it's really key for that reason. And of course, it's important nursery ground for many fish species. Um, and it's a, a nice habitat and things like that for other species. So it's really important for, for Manx waters. And is it found all around the, the waters or only in specific places? Only in a few specific places mm. around the islands. Um, and thankfully, they're all protected through the various marine nature reserves now, which is really good to see. So um, it'll be protected into the future. So, for example, in Ramsey, um, where there is a seagrass area there, because the mobile gear has been excluded from that area, the mobile fishing gear, it's extended outside of its range now. So it's of, of the, the zone it was in, so two or three times bigger than, than it originally was when it was designated um, in 2011. So that's encouraging that these measures that are put in place that not everyone agrees with. So, so it shows that the extreme importance of having these nature reserves around the island. Absolutely. And what's key as well, that the nature reserves have an added benefit for the fishermen, which and that's why they're really supportive of, of the nature reserves as well. This is a great collaborative um, work between fisheries and conservation because it helps to protect the fisheries as much as it does protecting important habitats and, and species. So it's, it's a win-win for everybody and it's really great to see that there's such great collaboration and support for the marine nature reserves. The Marine Officer for the Manx Wildlife Trust, Lara Howe, telling me about the groove-top shell snail uh, <laughs> that they found there. Uh, oh, 181 years, I think, since it was last spotted around the waters of the Isle of Man. My so, golly, what a find yeah. that would be. And uh, the way it was found as well, just looking at the, the grass that's under the, the, the seas, you know, the protected grass that uh, helps, uh, as Lara was saying, with the carbon emissions and things like that. And uh, when they examined it closely, oh, what's this little snail there? My God, it must so, have been great to be viewing that camera it, when that came about. It must but have been. Isn't it lovely how those little animals are still around the shores of the Isle of Man? You, mm. It is a really special place here. Yes, it is indeed. So uh, you wouldn't know uh, what's to come. So good work by the marine team on the island. From small tiny snails to larger beasts... And I'm talking about the animals that they were judging, <laughs> Kiri. <laughs> yes, the young farmers have had a very busy weekend down at uh, Blown Farm there with Morris and Kevin Cool now taking a tenancy. And it was the beef stock judging. And I popped along to see how, how things were going and uh, caught up with some of the people there. Janet Crane, you're the chairperson of the Southern Young Farmers. And here we are today at Blown for the annual stock judging. A fantastic turnout, Janet. Yeah, it's been, um, there's loads of people here. I'm quite surprised how many people have actually come to like, take part. And that's the thing, they say it's young farmers, but a lot of the events now aren't actually agricultural events. This is a farming event, obviously a great display of cattle on show, and a lot of non-farming people here in attendance. Yeah, there's like loads of like non-farming people here as well, and lots of like younger people, like like up-and-coming like young farmers, so yeah, Good. And do you think that is a nice element of the young farmers? Is it so spread out? You can one minute be doing stock judging, the next minute performing on stage, the next minute cookery. It is a broad spectrum of events. Yeah, you can literally do like everything from. You can even play netball. You can like cookery in competitions, like nights out, just sociable things. I think we're organising some bowling for a couple of weeks' time for our club. 
It's, it's such a, a great organisation to be involved in. There's so much charity work getting done as well. And here today we've got Graham Watson, one of the renowned farmers for this type of judging. Yeah, Graham's really good. Um, he won the fat stock show there a couple of months ago. Um, yeah, he's really good, like top of his game. And I must admit, Graham has probably taught all me. <laughs> All I know as well as Dr. Judging, I remember coming through the Southern Young Farmers and it was fierce competition. I never actually did get to compete directly against him, but it's nice to see somebody, you know, taking these skills home. These young farmers here today can take these skills back to their farms. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's always something to be learned from like different people that come and do the judging and stuff for us. So, yeah. Young Farmers concert just around the corner? Yeah. <laughs> Are you all prepared at the Southern? Not at all. Graham Watson, <laughs> master judge here at the Southern Young Farmers <laughs> annual beef stock judging. A great display of cattle by Kevin Cool at Blown. Yeah, it was an honour to be asked to come and judge them. I did it many years ago, judging um, as a young fella, but now it's nice to come back and give a bit back. And yeah, cattle are very good at Kev, and it's nice to see so many young farmers and lads and girls down here trying to learn what to do and coming into the profession. It is a great turnout, but you, Graham, will be judging this type of cattle week in, week out with your own farm business. Yeah, I'm always looking at them and pulling out which ones are ready, which ones are not quite there. So I sort of got a rough eye what I want and what I'm looking for. And yeah, the class that they did reasons on, most of them are right. And it's nice to see. And they had good reasons too. So I was impressed by them all. Very good. And this class in particular, Graham, it's quite tricky. You've got two native breeds, a short on type and a blue type. And then you've got the two continental sorts with the, the Simmental and the Charolais. Is it difficult to, to have them as, as a four to judge? Yeah, in one way, but I'm just sort of looking what I want. I want the continental, the quality, the size, uh, the killing out percentage and confirmation. Uh, the two Charolais and the Simmental were good cattle above my blue, which is a smaller beast, leading on to the, the Shorthorn Bullock, which was only a bit small and uh, he's not going to kill out. So that was the reason so why I just went for my Continentals today yeah. on the day. But there has been a bit of a swing, Graham, back towards the native cattle. You see in the farm and presses coming most weeks now, there seems to be a bit more of a swing back towards the native type, uh, Graham, with the Hereford, Angus and the Shorthorn coming back into play. What would be the reasons for this? I think they're easier to finish cattle, really. Um, that's the top and bottom, and the more hardier and outside, you haven't got to put the barley through them and the concentrates. I think that's why we're, a lot of farmers are maybe going back to the uh, Herefords and the Angus and them type of breeds, and maybe a slight easier calving um, is what I would say they are nowadays. And people, you hear uh, the margins are getting tighter on the on the beef suckler farms in particular with not having to put in the added costs of extra feed and you know all the different rations that come from the mills would this make a, a, a bit of a difference to it as well the cost of rearing them yeah it's all down to cost i think um barley and concentrates is getting expensive whereas the hereford and the angus and them type they don't need it um I like me confirmation, so I'm always going to be a continental guy type of guy. There's no getting <laughs> yeah, away from it. That's it. And plus, you've got to look at them every day and, and enjoy what you do. And I suppose that comes with it. That's the top and bottom. There's nothing nice as walking to your shed and see something that's eye-catching, outstanding. Um, and yes, we could have poorer types, but it's just nice, the show types and these quality continentals. I mean, they're hard to beat and they're my style the type of cattle. And that said, Graeme, you won the Christmas Prime Stock Show with that type of beast. 
Yeah, they always, you've got to have the continental in them to get that shape and confirmation. And then it's just, they're the, what the market wants really for the butcher. He wants that confirmation and cuts on them. Um, so yeah, and I like an animal to look at, a good quality one. So yeah, I like me blues and me limmies and them type, they're my type. Brian Neal, it's been a very busy start to the year for the young farmers, especially on the charity front with a great tractor run to start off with. Yeah, it was amazing. It was such um, a successful event. We had loads of people taking part, lots of people supporting. Um, and yeah, we're still, you know, people are still talking about it now. Hopefully they will be until we run it again this year, fingers crossed. Um, our charities will hopefully get there. We're going to do a check presentation soon. So that's for I'll Listen and Manx Breast Cancer Support Group. And I think in total, to split between the two of them, we've got around 10,500 so far. So yeah, it's great and a massive thanks to um, Jim Nicholson as well who um, collected money at the Paul Cleland Memorial Match on Boxing Day Rugby um, he's put his donations into that and a game that they did down at Ramsey at the Moorig Park there as well so yeah it was great I know <laughs> it's really really busy and Finlow you would have had a tractor in the event what did it take to get all these tractors looking as amazing as they did? Uh, I think there was a lot of cleaning and a lot of dressing with the lights and stuff like that I think some people spent like a week on them <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot. I, I, I spent about five hours on it. Didn't even uh, touch the surface on plenty of them. Well, that's it. But it's a great event for the actual farming community to come together as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like afterwards, I think people loved walking around and having a cup of tea at the grandstand and having a chat and seeing all the people around about the place. It seems to have grown year on year. I know it was um, a bit of a surprise when it first appeared in the countryside, but this year, when you have different vantage points, people could stop off and, and get involved. Yeah, yeah, we um, stopped at the wildlife park and there's quite a few people there and then they had the whole Ramsey Quay sectioned off and uh, the young farmers supplied some chips for all the drivers and stuff, but the amount of people in Ramsey was off the scale. Like, you couldn't move around the tractors hardly. But, but that is all part of it, isn't it? Is getting involved. And I think the young farmers is going from strength to strength, generally speaking, Bryony. Yeah, definitely. We encourage absolutely anyone to come along, join any of our events, whether it be like today here, Stop Judging down at Blown, or, you know, things that we do for charity, the concert we've got coming up. Um, tickets go out on sale on the 1st of February. So anyone can get involved with all four of our clubs to have a go at that at first year and then you might you know get interested and come along to anything else along the year um but yeah we encourage anyone to come you don't have to be a farmer like we always say so it's it's open to everyone and last week we attended the benevolent fund quiz as well and that was a great supporter of young farmers it's a great charity trust on its own but yet again another young farmers event go green for australia yeah, definitely. It was something thanks to um, Robin Duggan for the idea that we put together just to help and in any way we can the, the farmers in Australia. So we asked as many people, companies, individuals to go green and wear green last Friday on the 17th. Um, and we had lots of support. I think we've got, I can roughly say, um, you know, at least two and a half thousand from that and the Benevolent Quiz uh, Fund Trust was really 700 pounds was it they raised yeah, through the raffles on that night for us so to go into the park yeah definitely it was really nice of them to consider that um as their donation so it was really good yeah and a really good night obviously as well so anyone needs to get involved next year because it's always a good a good laugh going back to the benevolent fund trust in the night at vagabonds the annual quiz that they have mm. you couldn't fit another person in that room no, I think there was, uh, I was talking to Will and obviously Derek's one of the main organisers. I think there was, you know, 180 or more people in there. You know, 22 teams of a lot of people and 
a lot of the farming community support it, don't they? It's like uh, one of the annual nights out for lots, probably. <laughs> it's a good chance to socialise, isn't it? Catch up with everyone, and the canes always do such a good job with the, the different rounds of the quiz and stuff, so yeah, it's a good laugh. And are we ever going to beat the Crows? Three years on the run? We'll have to try, we'll get a team out in force next year. <laughs> But today, Brian, another great event hosted by the Southern Young Farmers. It's a stock judging. You know, you'd think maybe an agricultural event is maybe not as popular as some of the others, but today was fantastic. Yeah, we've had a really, really good turnout today. Probably about 50 people in total here doing the, the judging um, down at Kev Cools at Blown. So a big thanks to them for hosting us and Graham Watson as master judge. Um, so, yeah, it's been great. Everyone, you think, you know, it does help. The weather's been really good to us today. But, um, yeah, we've got plenty more stock judging coming off in the year with the the sheep and the pigs and the dairy so hopefully we can get as many people to them as possible like we have today and for last week's fundraiser for go green for australia you picked two charities Bryony. Yeah, we sat and we had a look down. Obviously, we wanted something um, that resonated with the young farmers, as you know, that's what we were putting it from. Um, so we picked Need for Feed, who are supplying all the fodder and feed to um, locations that you know aren't accessible at the moment. Really, they're driving miles and miles to get this to um, their stock on the farms and things. And the second charity was Venice Australia, and they're doing all they can to supply families with everything they need, from clothes, food, um, any bits of equipment that they may need you know seen as their houses they may have lost their houses and stuff like that so it's just supporting both you know people because I feel like sometimes the people get left out when the koalas and everything kangaroos are involved but and then obviously the stock as well because we thought that resonated quite well with us another busy year ahead of you Bryony obviously you've got started well as the new federation secretary lots on yeah, lots and lots on. Everyone's sort of getting into full swing concert rehearsals for our annual concert. So the tickets go on sale on Saturday the 1st of February at the Welcome Centre at 9 o'clock. And then we've brought the online and telephone ticket sales forward to 10.30. So everyone doesn't have to wait too long this year. And then our actual concert is on the 12th, 13th and 14th of March at the Gaiety Theatre. So hopefully everyone can come along and have a good night. And that was some of the people at the Balloon Stock Judging, with the Southern Young Farmers Chairperson Janet Crane, the judge of the competition Graham Watterson from the Braid, and the Federation of Young Farmers Chairperson Finlow Creer, and the Secretary Bryony Neal. Sounded like a good event, lots there, as Bryony was saying. Oh, it was absolutely packed, and lots of faces I didn't even know. <laughs> well, one face you do know is Chrissy Cannell uh, from Kurt Michael, Malakanan. Well, at the Eelvery concert, uh, a while back now, in the start of January, the 5th of January, um, the show went on with poetry and the bard of the Isle of Man, the Michael Players. Well, during the break, uh, just before the Michael Players went on, one of the members of the Michael Players were called out into the auditorium, or the the, the room, as they call <laughs> it, the hall, uh, and uh, she was presented with the Ingliger Award for services to the Michael Heritage. And, uh, well, I caught up with Chrissy. Fantastic achievement winning the award at such a young age, and it must have come as a bit of a surprise. Well, yes, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I think it's awarded to someone that's uh, been working on uh, kind of local heritage and local history as well as the Manx culture within Michael Parish. Well, you look at the, the names that's on it, some famous names that have appeared in in cultural events in Kurt Michael and yeah, looking at the names you must be the youngest on it now well, it looks that way it looks that way the the days the dates go back to 2005 with Edna Cool um, and then 
we've got some of the stalwart Michael players and Quart and Winnie Goldster on there as well. But it, I mean, it's something when you've seen the people that have won it over the years coming to this concert, it, you must feel quite proud to, to be awarded that and uh, very surprised as well when you were called out the front. Oh yes, <laughs> I was out in the kitchen getting changed, ready for the play. Um, but you know, I'm a, a Michael girl born and raised here and taken over the family farm here, so it's quite nice to have my interest in the heritage of the parish and the Max culture recognised. And it's something that uh, they managed to keep going in Kurt Michael, isn't it? This event, it's still uh, hard to get a ticket for it and still loads of people willing to perform in the Eelvery concert as well. Oh yeah, there's a real mix of people. I mean, tonight we've we've had the Max Dialect play, we had Max Dancing, we had Graham Crow doing stand-up comedy, we had local singer Jane Main sing some beautiful songs, um, we had Debbie Torman do a poem, uh, we had the Max Bard do um, her own composition... So a really nice varied mix. Oh, and not forgetting Mother, who who did a ditty for the evening as well. Yeah, and uh, Bill Court uh, did the, the longest version oh, ever. Oh, the Manx wedding, wasn't it? Aye, <laughs> and the, the the dancers did the dance Very for it bad. as well. Yeah, yes. excellent stuff. But I mean, the, this is something that you, you must see it uh, from, from a younger point of view as as continuing um, to, to continue in in the village. This oh, definitely and. Um, I think there's something quite special about Manx heritage and Manx culture and all its peculiarities and um, comedic value that goes into it as well. And it's it's not just about music, it's not just about drama, it's everything in between as well. Right, well it's been videoed again tonight by Dave Collett as well and uh, we've never ever seen one of the results of the videos though. No, he keeps those uh, records closely guarded and... <laughs> I think there's even a video uh, that goes back to the Michael School Centenary Concert um, 25 years ago um, where with, there were um, old students going back maybe 50 or 60 years performing as well as their current um, classes of the school at that time of which I was in one of the classes. Yeah. So, But we're yet to see them. Well, congratulations on winning this award this year and it's uh, well deserved, well done. Thank you very much. The winner of the 2020, I suppose, in Gligger Award that's presented at the Eelvery Concert at Kurt Michael for services to Michael Heritage and uh, the probably the youngest winner so far, Chrissy Cannell from Balacanan. She's a great girl, Chrissy. Yeah, she is. Really great. And a great farmer as well. Uh, they're farming with her dad, John Cannell. And yeah, what, what, a, what a great achievement. As, like you say, at such a young age. But she's one of those people that's embraced the Manx culture, the, the Gaelic, the whatever. Yeah, her mother is such, so well into it as well, you know, and such an influence on her, I would say. A real say, family too. affair and yeah. well-deserved. Yeah, it is. All right, well, that's all. We've got time to squeeze into Countryside for this week. We're back next week with more. So from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kiri Kermit. We'll see you then. Ta-da. Bye-bye.